check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. All right, hello, and welcome back to the Daily Budget Podcast. This is the first episode of our second season, season two, and we have the extreme privilege of having the one and only Alfonso Quadra here as our not only our first guest of the season, but our first guest ever on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Alfonso, for joining us. Now, Alfonso is a serial entrepreneur. If you guys don't know, he's got he started many businesses from real estate. He also does mentorship. He's a philanthropist, and he's gone about you traveled around the world a couple times yes, sir. <laughs> awesome awesome now before we get started um guys stay with us because at the end of the show we're gonna have you links we're gonna have uh ways that you could tap in with alfonso all right so yeah so we'll um we'll get right into it and alfonso if you wouldn't mind just giving us a a brief overview of kind of yourself and your background you know, you're obviously, like Marco mentioned, a serial entrepreneur. You've had many different business ventures, but your primary, you know, activity is real estate investing, if that's correct. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, give us a, a brief overview of kind of yourself and, you know, and um, how you got started, you know, in the context of real estate investing. Yeah. So um, thank you, guys. You guys are doing some fantastic work here. Uh, season two, that's incredible. Quick question. How many episodes in season one? Eight. 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 Nice, nice, nice. So you're going with the with the Netflix format, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we won't be canceled after two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you guys are in control of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the beauty yeah, of podcasts. So, nice, nice, nice. No, I, I really appreciate, appreciate what you guys were doing. And before... Uh, before we went, uh, we, we started recording. We were, we were just having a quick conversation, and, I, and I'm talking about um, the fact that I've started so many companies. And uh, you know, uh, at one point, I, I thought I had this idea in my mind that uh, I wanted to create a tattoo, a sleeve of all the logos, of all the <laughs> logos that uh, that uh, all the companies that I've started. Yeah. Right? Create a whole sleeve of all the logos. And, and then somewhere in the, in, inside of it would be a message and it would say, I'm a product of my imagination. Yes. And uh, I discovered awesome. I didn't have a skin. <laughs> 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 right, because it was just so many, but you know what? It's, if I can leave you with a message today and, and what I want to talk about today and you're listening and, and hopefully it comes across the right way to your listeners is this power of expansion, right? Yeah. And we have to be always consistently expanding. And, you know, with that expansion, it's going to come failures, ups and downs. It's going to come things that didn't work out. But because you were in an expansion mode, uh, you will get those home runs, right? So yeah. for me, uh, that's the way I live my life. I live my life in expansion. And most people choose to contract. If you, if you notice what happened to, to a lot of people during COVID, there, you know, you, you had three different types of people, right? You had the people that uh, kind of contracted, became smaller, um, scarcity, the world is falling apart. There was the, 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 the spectator, the person that just sat back and just gonna Netflix and chill. We're gonna, we're gonna see what happens, don't worry. And, and almost like in denial because they're just waiting for it to be back to normal uh, at some point. Uh, and then there's the ex the people that expanded during during this time, and you know, I expanded my business in a really huge way in this COVID nineteen time, this twenty twenty time, right? And so there's going to be many different types of people, and for me, it's important that you're always in expansion mode because you cannot expand and contract at the same time. It's impossible. You you're either you're either going either you're growing or you're dying, right? And so to, to kind of give you a little, uh, you know, background on, on where, I, where I came from and how I got here, um, I was born in Latin America, El Salvador. Actually, I was in two civil wars, um, immigrated to Canada as a, as a refugee. And um, because I was, you know, I spent a lot of time running away from regimes and, and wars and, and um, in hiding from our government. And I mean, it was a bad situation. 
in the 80s uh, in Latin America, Central America, um, I missed a lot of educational opportunities. And so the integration into school into Canada was very difficult uh, integration for me. And eventually um, I ended up um, getting frustrated and, you know, dropping out of high school. And um, I was in a very dark place in my life and I ended up uh, leaving home and being homeless at 15 years old and just hitting rock bottom, uh, panhandling for change, just really, really dark moments. Um, now I say that because I want everybody to understand that we've all had these dark moments. Like my darkest moment is not the same as yours, but we've, we've all been there. You know, like you guys could probably can think about a moment in your, in your life where it was just like, you were just so frustrated and you didn't know why this was happening to you. And it's easy to fall into a situation where uh, you start to blame and you start to no longer have control over your life. Um, especially during the, these times, COVID-19, people have lost their jobs, their health. And it's so easy to get into that rut. And it's so easy to say, you know what, like it, it's them or, you know, the elections, just wait till the elections or just wait to this, just wait to that. Um, you have to take control over your life. And it, no matter what happens to you, um, it's all about what you do about what happens. And so I had a life-changing moment at 17 when I became a father, right? And uh, my little girl was born and it just gave me a very different perspective on life. And uh, I decided that at that point, I wanted to change my life and I wanted to make this little girl proud of me. And I discovered purpose. And so if, if anybody's gonna take, if, if you're taking notes out there, I would say, uh, write this down. A purpose powerful enough will make you unstoppable. If you can find a purpose, if you, whatever it is that you're doing, it's, it's great to have goals, but if you can have, if you can find a reason why you want those goals, you're going to be unstoppable, right? And so for me, it was this little girl at 17. I, I, just, I became a father and um, I discovered purpose. And I, I said to myself, I have to change. And I started to take responsibility over my own life, start, started to take control over my own life. And at 17, I started a business out of my locker in high school. And um, it was it was the clothing industry. It was I was I would, I would go to Toronto, Montreal, New York, buy jeans, t-shirts, and mixtapes. You guys don't even know what mixtapes are, right? Oh, <laughs> you guys, you don't know about right. the, the mix oh, cassettes. Yeah, the cassettes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> But, um, you know, we, I'd go and buy, so, so there was, before the internet, you know, people used to get their, their, their music uh, at HMV, right? And, um, you know, you would have these underground mix cassettes, right? And they were just not available in Ottawa. And so I would go to Toronto uh, on Young Street and then these people were selling these, these mix cassettes, uh, you know, um, Tony Touch, uh, Green Lantern, uh, all the old, all the old school, uh, you know, mixtapes, and then I would buy one of each, and then I would come back, and then I would dub, dub them all. You know, you could go to the dollar store, buy a stack of twenty cassettes, and then you, you'd have to put the little the tape at the at the end, and then you you could you could dub them all, and then I would run twenty, and then I would sell them at, in in high school, right, right out of my locker, and so I had this vision, and and what I discovered was. The, the power, and if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, the power of profits, right? Yeah. And there's a big difference between wages and profits. When I was, when I was young, I yeah. did get what, that first job. And the, the minimum wage in that, at that time was $5 an hour. And so I, I was a dishwasher for $5 an hour. And so an hour of my time was worth five dollars and then i would go to i would go to high school and and and, and so the reason i got this job and i'm going to school because i'm trying to you know feed a, a small family but i would go to high school and i could sell a pair of jeans for sixty dollars that i bought for 20 making a forty dollar profit um you know in a 10 transaction right so I, and so i started to to make a uh, to differentiate the differences be, between profit and wages and so it, at that point, 
at 17, I learned a big lesson about profits. And then I knew that I was going to pursue profits for the rest of my life. And so when I graduated high school, I graduated at 19 with a vision, a dream, um, uh, an idea of opening my very own store, my own clothing store. And, you know, my own hip hop clothing store. And uh, of course, I had no money, no background. And, and you had all, you know, when I start, when I would start to share this idea with people, people would say, well, you know, that's like, you need money to do that. Or, you know what, auto, there's no hip hop, is, it's just a little fad. It's not gonna, it's not gonna blow up at all. I don't want to do anything for that in Ottawa. Are you know? they ever wrong? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> in, in, in those days, there was, there was literally nothing in Ottawa, right? And um, it's too much then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, you know, there's a lot of naysayers. So I changed my approach. And for people that are listening. Um, there's two ways of, of introducing an idea into existence, right? Most people say, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? When you ask people what they think, you open yourself to their opinion. Yeah. It shouldn't matter what they think. You should be very, very direct with what you're going to do, right? And so I, it's when I, I would tell people, you know, about this great idea, people would have all these reasons why I shouldn't do it. So I changed my approach and I said, listen, I'm opening this store September 1st. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but I, I, I put a date. I said, September 1st, I'm opening this store. And um, did you want to invest? Did you want to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. And so because I had no money, I, I raised about $2,700 within my community, my friends, right? And 96% of the people said, you're crazy, Alfonso, it's not going to work. But 4% said, yeah, I got 20 bucks, I got 200. Some people invested $100 into this company, right? And so I, I raised $2,700. Now, I'm going to make a turn a long story very short. <laughs> because I turned those $2,700 into a company grossing in the millions with locations all across Canada. Um, I, I became a serial entrepreneur. I fell in love with being an entrepreneur and I discovered that, you know what, that's where I was, was supposed to be. And so um, for me and the message that I, I kind of want to, I want to put out there for, for, for everybody that's listening um, is this idea of expansion, right? And that we are in control as long as you take control, right? Because what I discovered was that for things to change in my life, first, I had to change. Now, this change was fueled with a powerful purpose that made me unstoppable. But until I took control over my life and started the expansion, started to be an expansion, nothing was going to happen. And so from there, I went on to building multiple different businesses. And um, I started in, in real estate about 20 years ago. And I, I started in a, in a very, uh, uh, I started for a very specific reason. Yeah. Because when I was 21 years old, my business was booming, you know, like making all this money. I thought this money was never going to stop. It was like, <laughs> wow, like I made it, right? What happened was 9-11. 9-11 was the very first time that uh, in my history, in my career, that I've ever experienced a correction in the market. And so you guys are, you guys are, are, are too young to remember 9-11. It was 2002, two, about 2002, 2000, or maybe even 2001. I can't really remember. 2001, yeah. So how old were you guys in 2001? I was six years old. I was seven. Yeah, so really <laughs> didn't feel the yeah. full impact. But what happened was, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna explain to you what happened. The entire world shut down. Um, everything was frozen, borders closed. So we were getting all our merchandise from the U.S. and it, borders borders were closed. Nobody was allowed to cross the borders. All flights were grounded, and people went into isolation. And they went and they were addicted to CNN. Everybody was like just stuck. Nobody, people, you know, the people were not shopping. They were not contributing to the to the economy. Everybody was just stuck to CNN to see what was happening. Is it terrorists? Is it this? Is it that? I mean, it was such an impactful 
uh, time in a lot of people's lives, lives, and it lasted for about, you know, probably about six months, even going into um, when they went to the, the to 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 uh, into Iraq, right? And so um, what happened was people stopped spending. Now, for the most part, businesses were okay, but I wasn't prepared, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened? What happened? for us was there was a correction. We weren't prepared. And, um, you know, the business started to suffer. And um, people felt it. They, they, there's people that some store managers quit, good people, you look for other jobs. When the, sick and sh the, the ship is sinking, nobody wants to be on that ship. And so it's, everybody's grabbing and stealing and, you know, and it's pretty, it's, and I have to take responsibility. It was a, a big part of mismanagement because at that time I was living in the U.S. My business was in Canada. Um, at one point I thought I was indestructible, but I discovered how vulnerable I was because I only had one stream of income. And so for me, luckily what I discovered was, um, well, I met my mentor and, and, and I, I discovered books. Um, if you're taking notes, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, and just kind of changed my mindset because up to that point, I was very much a consumer. Even though I figured out how to make money and that's easy, right? I was not investing my money, right? And so, so what happens was when that when that business suffered, uh, everything suffered. And by, 20, by 21, I was on top of the world. By 24, I was about a million dollars in debt and this close to completely going bankrupt. And so uh, I said to myself, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study wealthy people. And what do they do? All wealthy people have real estate, right? And so at that point, 20 years ago, I decided that I was going to create a secondary uh, stream of income in my life that was indestructible, Armageddon proof. And so... <laughs> no. Yeah. And so I specifically, I went into multi-units and, um, you know, I started investing into multi-units by the time 2008 came the next market correction, the next market cycle, the next downturn in the cycle, I was ready. My life was completely different. I had investments that could carry me through. And now I was able to take advantage of all the opportunities in, in 2008. And yeah. since 2008, I've grown the real estate portfolio uh, to apartment buildings all across Canada, uh, in many different uh, provinces, and um, I just, you know, this is like my main stream now, right? And since then, I've started multiple different companies and crashed and burned and it, it, things that 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 really didn't make sense, but I had a passion for. And uh, at the end of the day, I was able to um, sustain myself, sustain my lifestyle because of the real estate. You yeah. see, real estate provided the freedom. So that's that's kind of the story in the nutshell, guys. No, no that's that's amazing. You mentioned you mentioned a couple of great things during your your talk, and you mentioned that your family was the number reason your why it was your why it was your purpose yeah. and what helped you uh, lean towards something that was much greater for you. So to our viewers out there, just remember before you start your ventures, it's gonna it's gonna take for you to recognize yourself and recognize why you want to do it and find that purpose. You also, you mentioned something very important in business and business is you're not working for a wage. You're not working for an hourly wage. What you're working for is for the bottom line and the bottom line, when you know how to understand, if you understand the way it works, you will take, you will take everything from it. You will take profit. That profit itself will feed yourself, will feed your family and can, can, can lead to long-term, long-term, right? You say like, uh, just long-term worth. And um, another thing as well that you mentioned is you learn very quickly how to get OPM, other people's money, how to help people, how to get people to help you fund your business. That's very important because most business people will say, oh, you need money, you need money. It's like, no, money is already around you. Money is already there for you. What you need to do is know how to tap in into your network. And Another thing that you mentioned is you went into business in order to have longevity in your future. But one thing that you weren't ready for is you didn't have a downturn. You didn't have a business that was downturn proof. 
yeah. when the market correct correction occurred in uh, in 2001 uh it really hit you hard because although you mentioned that it was all stars it was all beautiful but no foundation to, in order to levy some of these uh some of these downturns that happened and that's where you started off with real estate and uh now would you say that real estate is the business no matter what circumstances it's going to last because well we've seen it real estate has been there since the start of it's the start of this world <laughs> yeah, everyone's always going to be the place to live everyone it's yes. one of the last it's one of the last uh lords around right so yeah. you know uh, all the other lords went out of business except for the landlord right <laughs> And, and so that's, that's but it's still awesome. standing it's still it's still around this is what i'll say when because there's a difference between having that consumer mindset versus the investor mindset yeah the difference what what separates the wealthy between everybody else is mindset right and so 96 percent of the people are operating under a consumer mindset and only 4% of the population has this investor mindset. If you look at it, and, and if you look at how wealth is distributed throughout the world, 4% of the population own 96% of the wealth. Yep. Right? And so the difference is what separates those is the, is the mindset. And so the combination of business and real estate is what gives the 4% an unfair advantage over the 96%. Now, there, there was uh, um, some reporting on Donald Trump and how he paid $750 in taxes. The 96% were up in arms. That's how outrageous. How could he you know, you pay only $750 in, yeah. in taxes? What the 4% understand is like, yeah, it's normal because the wealthy do not pursue What's, personal income. That's the last yeah. thing we're looking for. Exactly. Exactly. And creative accounting, carry forward losses. There are so it's many so metrics. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so if you paid $750 in taxes, that tells you something about the industry that he's in. So instead of, instead of, uh, instead of and this is the question that I had, when I was 21 years old, when I was 24, 23, I, I was like, okay, you know, I want to make this move into wealthy. Anybody can make money. Anybody can make money. Money is probably the easiest thing to create, but That's keeping very your money. important point because keeping both, your money you, is, is, yeah, both you and Marco touched on something. Yeah. that I kind of want to hammer home for everybody. And that's the scarcity mindset. And so that 96% of people, the vast majority out there, they think of money as some limited resource that must <laughs> be scrounged and saved at all costs. Yeah. But, you know, as we're talking about and as we're showing, there is so much, there's an unfathomable amount of money out there in the world. It's just up to you to figure out how to get it how to get your piece and then how to get another piece and another piece because that's what wealth building is yeah yeah and and so the the real estate is an amazing tool where you can store wealth mm -hmm. and so this yeah. is where the wealthy store their 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 wealth right so the second you buy an, a tangible asset you're no longer vulnerable to the market right Essentially, um, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, but like money is simply, uh, it's simply imaginary. It's, it, it's, it, it's not backed <laughs> by anything. It's right? not. It's true. It's, it's not. It's, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. The value is the perceived value that we give to it based on confidence, consumer confidence in that particular currency. But that's about it. And so, you know, like where, like, where, are you going to be sitting there with, with bags of money and cash? No. You want to leverage. You want to leverage that into yep. tangible assets. Thanks. Now, what yeah. I like about, what I like about real estate is the idea of leverage, right? So it's one to five, right? And so for every uh, for every dollar or every let's say every quarter, you can tap into uh, two dollars in in, in, a, in an asset. You know what I mean? And so this idea of leverage. So let's say right now you have a hundred thousand dollars. You can buy a five hundred thousand that gives you uh, uh, the the ability to buy a five hundred thousand dollar asset. Yeah. 
Now you're worth five hundred thousand dollars and buy and buy gold, for example, right? Or buy stocks or whatever. But you're buying a hundred thousand dollars of stocks. You're not buying five hundred thousand dollars of that of of, of value. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about real estate is the, the the leverage. And so here's the point that people don't understand. Once I buy this this asset of five hundred thousand, my tenants are going to pay it down, right? Yeah. Once they paid it down. Okay, if I borrow five hundred thousand dollars against that property, this is not a taxable event it's not. because this is a, a debt restructure. So once my tenants pay it down, I can go back and tap into the equity that's been built in there tax-free. And so this is this goes back to that the, what we talked about with Donald, right? He. If he paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes, is because he didn't make any income, and why would he, right? Yeah, he'd simply if you have all these assets and they've been paid down, of course, you, like you said, he can carry losses, and and if the if the assets are being paid down, all he has to do is tap into that equity and borrow it back out tax free. Yeah, and it's so another important point because yeah. you know so many people think a millionaire. A millionaire just has a million dollars of you know sitting in their bank accounts available. No, no. The vast majority of millionaires are just regular people like you or I who work, saved, and invested, and that's their worth. Combining real estate, their house, maybe rental property, you know, RSP, stocks, bonds, what have you. And and that's I think a key distinction that a lot of people don't make is that. They think, oh, the Donald Trumps, you know, he paid seven hundred fifty, but he made three billion, you know, three billion. Yes, but he didn't get handed a check for three, $3 billion. billion. <laughs> that's three billion dollars. Yeah. That's you know, come from net worth to the asset. Yeah, net worth exactly. Yeah, yes. And so, and, and, and like, by the way, he's not the only one. Like, people focus on that. How about Amazon paid zero, zero, zero in, in seven, seven, yeah. seven yeah. different countries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so, so watch this. You know, um, it, it, like uh, Amazon, we're get, they're going to be hitting a trillion dollars in sales, right? Everybody's focused on the little seven fifty. How about zero? <laughs> yeah. You oh, know? absolutely, absolutely. And Amazon dwarfs Donald. Yeah. And yeah, and so you know, in real in real estate, of course, the the biggest, the hardest part is getting started. Now, the hardest part of doing anything, any business venture, is getting started. With real estate, though, I think it's particularly the case because you have to come up with that initial payment. You know, once you once you get the ball rolling, you know, you kind of tap into that leverage, like you said, and from there it grows exponentially. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on how the real estate market, you know, from the time when you started, has changed and shifted, and how it may be easier or more difficult for someone who today is looking to you know, looking to get into it. Yeah, so um, it has changed. Um, in many ways, it's become easier, right? Uh, because people are just more aware. When I started, people weren't aware. So I started, uh, like I told you back, you know, going back to how, why I started, it's because I almost went bankrupt. I did not go bankrupt, but I almost went bankrupt. And so I started with neg like in the negative, right? I, I started like in all, with all this debt, with no money, no, my credit was destroyed. No income, zero income. Because when I came back and rebuilt my business, um, I had to start from scratch, right? And I didn't have an income, so no income, no money, no, no, uh, no credit. And so, you know, I, 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 I took the time to educate myself, and I tapped into the experience of other people, of other people that were doing it, and uh, you know, I, I paid, I paid. You know, uh, uh, a mentor to 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 give me the the like the the knowledge, and this is what I discovered. There's two types of currencies. Is there's the first type that we all understand. This is money, money. argent, dinero, and the the second currency is the intellectual currency, is what we know. And the more intellectual currency you have, the less actual currency you'll need. And so. Um, I just had to do that first deal and figure it out, figure out how to do it. And so my first strategy was simply to buy a, a multi-unit uh, and buy it and refi it and pull the money back out and go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And so within my first year, I had already accumulated 10, 10 different properties, not using any of my own money. 
And so the 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 concept of you need money and it, it it definitely helps but if you don't have the knowledge even if you have the money you you're guaranteed to lose the money because you're not going to be investing in the right investments exactly the, the exactly. most common misconception is to do things based on where you are you know most people want to start investing uh, based on their current circumstances. So they look at their credit, they look at the, how much money in the, in the account they have in the account. They look at, you know, their, their resources and they'll say, well, the only thing I can afford is, is for example, a little condo. Not knowing that that is probably the worst thing that they could do, yeah. right? And so, you know, if you just get a little, if, 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 if your viewers watching right now, get as much knowledge in real estate as possible so you understand how to identify a deal. The hardest thing to find in real estate is an actual deal that makes sense. Anybody can put a property for sale and anybody can put and make an offer and bring a down payment and purchase that property. But does that property make money? Is it, does it have a, a, a does it cash flow? Now, real estate is pretty forgiving. Uh, real estate is probably the only industry that time will erase your mistakes, yeah. right? But if you have no money to begin with, you cannot afford a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, want to make sure that you understand, you know, how to invest and how to identify a deal, how to do the numbers. And, you know, so you know exactly what a return on investment looks like. And once you have that, once you have that know-how, you can put a deal under contract and have other people fund help you fund your deal and this is how you can enter because those people don't know how to get into don't know how to identify a deal right everybody's looking at uh you know they're going online and they're looking at these properties all oh, they're they're, they're over <laughs> they don't know what's going on and yeah not knowing that an investor like me i will never look at that stuff right i'm never you know i buy properties all across canada i'm never in a in a bidding war right this is not how you get it started in real estate. So the the problem is when I started, um, the industry wasn't as like people didn't know as much. So I could do and there was no Internet, really. I mean, there was no Facebook or whatnot. So it was kind of like peer to peer, you know, coffee shops and things like that. Now, because it's it's kind of out there, it leaves people vulnerable to misinformation. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, this is what I was talking to you guys about my channel, you know, uh, even though it's, there's no, uh, it's, I don't have no ring lights or and things like that. Uh, but what I do have on my channel is real content, real tangible things, because I'm actually doing this. And you're so we're going into buildings. You're actually seeing, yeah. you're actually yeah. in those cities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what happens is like a lot of these people, they go online and they misinform people because all they, they're doing is recycling information. Not right. that there, there's anything wrong with it. Of course, everybody's got to try to do something. This is, I mean, people are trying to survive. And so just, just be careful and be careful from who you're getting the education from and make sure you reach out to someone that really truly knows what they're doing. Yes. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, you've been in this real estate game for many years now um what's your goal in this now like what's your you found your purpose uh what's your goal now what's the outreach what's the what's is there a total sum that you want to reach or is there yeah, so, a, a level of acknowledgement that you want from this like what is so so the real estate like i mean i've i've, I've built the portfolio to you know like the, i've already destroyed any possible goal that I ever, ever had for myself. Um, but now, you know, I had, I, I set, uh, you know, I, I set pretty strong goals, you know, and I like, I like what you said that, you know, uh, you talked about a goal, right. And everybody, and I'm always re reviewing my goals and how do you know that you have a good goal, right? See, the, the problem is, it's not the, it's not the fact that people don't set goals or set goals. The problem is that most people's goals are too small and they set goals based on where they are, are not yeah. where they they want to go right <laughs> and so uh, for me and my like we have a like the, the or we have a five-year goal to get to 7500 doors and a 10-year goal to get to 75,000 
Now, what makes a good goal? A good goal should excite you and scare you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that's a goal that's worthy of me, but not, not to get, you know, not for any more wealth or any more money, but just to see the person I'm going to become on the way to achieving those goals. And yeah, the resources actually- I'm going to have in order to now do the work that I do with the, with, with the youth and, and things like this. I create freedom for myself so now I can be in a position where I can I can teach others. Yeah. So what what I want to be remembered for is not how many doors I had or how many apartment buildings I had or you know cars or any of that stuff. I want to be remembered for the people that I've helped, right? No, and so that's how we this is why we started the Quadra Youth Foundation. Mm-hmm. And, and and we want to teach financial literacy, uh, entrepreneurship, leadership, public speaking, sales skills to young people globally, right? Yeah. So my goals are more along that side of things now, where it's like I want to see how many people, how many lives can I change? Can I help? Can I inspire based on the things that I'm doing in, in, in business and, and, and uh, in my life? I I, yeah. I I like I like what you said there, and it's actually a quote that I use all the time for all my friends that ask me about uh, my vision and what do I want in life. Mm-hmm. I tell them like, um, when you have when you have a goal or when you have a, a, a something material, whatever it is that you want to reach. At first, it's about that, but as you learn to grow into that, uh, as you learn to grow, as you learn to reach those goals and, and move towards that direction, you learn that what you really what, what your target is is no longer that 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 goal or it's no longer the material things that are attached to it it's actually it's the self-love it's the characters that you're building the patience that's what you're actually chasing you know the determination love accepting yourself these are the things that actually come with the goals it's no longer oh i want the cars like you said or like the set i want seventy-five thousand doors it's no longer those it's really how can i better somebody's life uh, how can i be more patient how can I be more determined? How can I accept myself and scare myself at the same time? Yeah. One yeah. thing I want to say is you don't need to be already wealthy to have that mindset. Yeah. And I think and this is an important point to make because many, many people, especially I would say the younger generations, millennials, Gen Z, are um, somewhat, I guess, disillusioned, maybe the best way to put it. And they think, oh yeah, well, Alfonso, maybe easy for you to say because you have 7,500 doors, you know, you don't have to worry about money. Meanwhile, I'm here with a college degree trying to pay off my <laughs> loans, working at Starbucks or wherever. And so it's, and it, it circles back nicely to what you were saying at the beginning that you need to take control of your life and go into that expansion mode. And you touched on something just a, a minute ago, and it's worth reiterating that discomfort breeds growth and if you're not the type of person who will actively seek out discomfort and put yourself in those situations you're not going to you're not going to go anywhere because you're just going to stay in that safe little bubble for (laughs) for the rest of your life and and again for a lot of people that may be all that they want and you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that you know i want to make it clear that not everyone is out to build you know a transnational real estate portfolio and not everyone has to be but for those who do have bigger ambitions for those who do dream bigger you know it, it all starts here yeah. and here yeah so i uh, alex i agree with you 100 percent. i think uh, to be comfortable it's like the kid death mm-hmm. and here, here's the, and, and I'll add to what you're saying, because you don't have to be an expansion. But, if, and you don't have to have big goals. You don't have to do, you don't have to do much in your life. But if you're sitting, if someone's listening to this, and it's, it, and it's, it's pretty much complaining about their life. They're sitting in a situation where like everything sucks. This and that, the, the other thing. This is where you know, I have no sympathy for, for someone that complains mm-hmm. and doesn't do anything about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you are fine, there's people that people that find, people can find freedom in many different ways in life. You know what I mean? Like if you are happy and, you know, and, and, and you're, uh, and you're content with where you are and you're not complaining, 
you have achieved success. That, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's and it. So the, the truth is, it's like this. We all seek life fulfillment. That is a, a human need. Yeah. It's a human need, right? And so if you're not getting, if you're not consistently uncomfortable, you can't grow. If you cannot get uncomfortable, if you're not, it's like you got to be uncomfortable in order to grow. You need something needs to be out of your reach a little bit for you to grow. This is like a learning opportunity. But if you can't, here's the problem. If you're not growing consistently, you can't have life fulfillment. And if you can't have life fulfillment, you will never be happy. Yeah. And if you can't be happy, then why are we here? Why are we here? What's your... <laughs> and, and, so, and so if you can achieve that, you know, you don't need monetary things to achieve it. The question is, where are you at in that yeah. process? Because you can be uncomfortable. Like Mother Teresa, um, she grew multiple, multi-million dollar companies. She was, she was executing, but she wore the same... Uh, uh, garments every single day. She didn't need those monetary things. She was just expanding the organization and she was a leader, right? And so you have to get uncomfortable to grow and that growth brings you that life fulfillment. And that's, that is what it's all about. It's a life fulfillment, whatever it is for you or whoever's listening. Uh, it doesn't matter the, the thing or what the goal is. The question is, are you growing? Are you getting uncomfortable? Are you growing? And are you truly fulfilled with your life? That's right. Yeah, and that's that's uh, you know a very a very good point and a very you know a very very good high note. Yeah, yeah. that is know, the to, to get to. Yeah, Alfonso uh, over here is preaching the gospel. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've been we've been going for for a little while now, I think. And yes, a little while. Well, so, how long? How long? <laughs> we've been at it for. About 35 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes. Oh, so we're right. falling right, we're falling right in that sweet spot. What's going Joe Rogan with this? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, Joe Rogan. I had, uh, Man's got endurance. Yeah, I had uh, one question for you. And now um, let's circle back into real estate investing itself. And um, let's tap into the youth. If they wanted to start today, if you had to start all over again, zero portfolio, zero net worth all over again, uh, what steps would you take? And what steps can people take right now in order to start expanding in the real estate world? First step is get educated. Not, uh, I'm not talking about a university education, I'm talking about a real estate and wealth education, right? Search, search out the knowledge. Even, even if you had money, if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna lose the money, right? So invest in yourself, invest in yourself. That is the number one investment that no one can take away from you. Invest in only true just, investment. Yeah, invest into into what you put in here, and and guard this asset with your life. Right? Don't allow garbage to come in. Don't allow negativity to come in. Only allow good, positive things to enter your mind because your mind is your asset, and what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You'll get a truly uh, a massive return on investment in investing into your mind. Right. So learn how to identify a deal, study wealthy, the wealthy people, get advice from people that have the results that you're looking for. Don't look at your buddies. Don't get advice from your friends or your, your people that are the same level as you because it can only give you more of what you have. And so you got to reach out, look for mentors, look for people that are doing it. That's number one, get educated, get educated. Here's number two, whatever it is that you're missing in your life, Look for people that can complement that. For example, if you have no money, no credit, no job, no income, it doesn't really matter. If you hold the knowledge, you already have a knowledge, you already have a seat at the table. So look for people that you can leverage their their credit, leverage someone else's income and nice job and and, and leverage someone else's money, leverage someone else's time, whatever it is that you that you that you're missing in your life look for people that can compliment you so you guys can create joint venture opportunities and move forward nice beautiful beautiful <laughs> i have no other words yeah. <laughs> and you know on the on the subject of someone looking to start out what are some what are some of the most common misconceptions that you've seen people have or make about real estate yeah so the the idea that all real estate is good 
it's not all good, right? Um, if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, if you read a lot of other real, uh, real estate books, they talk about your your personal house not being an asset. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad sold 20 million copies or 30 million copies, and somehow people still skip over that part, right? And and what happens is that, that most people are going to go for what what's the easiest. The path they're going to go for like. Oh, I can buy my own house. I'm going to work so hard to buy my own house. What happens is you become a slave to that house. Yeah. Number one, you got taxes, you got this, you put all your money into your own house. And what happens is you, by the time you have money to invest into properties that can actually pay you, it's like you're 40 years old. And so the, the common misconception is that people go for the wrong type of real estate. And so you need to find real estate that's going to pay you. You see, your own personal house is doesn't pay you. you you're better to. off. You're better off renting, and in putting your money into into real estate that pays you. And so, the more assets that you create that pay you, at some point it becomes ridiculous. You have so much money that's coming in, then you buy your house. And that's and that's you know, and this is on, on a personal note. Like that's really. Well, first, encouraging because to hear because that's the path that I'm on right now. Um, we were talking just before the show when I mentioned that I'm, you know, a, a fledgling real estate investor. <laughs> I know I've had a property that I went in on with, uh, you know, a couple like friends slash partners nice. for about a year and a half. And yeah, like I've, I know I'm renting right now, so I've bought something that will pay me before buying something for myself. And it's. It, it's really easy to kind of fall into the, the comparison game, especially, you know, at our age where we're a few years out of university. And so a lot of our peers, they're, you know, let's say they're getting engaged or married, they're buying their starter homes and this and that. And yeah, it's tough. It's hard to look at all that if you don't have that mm -hmm. and not feel like a, a pang of desire, like, oh, wouldn't it be yeah. nice? Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, um, it comes back to, a kind of a riff on a very popular like Dave Ramsey saying that I that I I made up and it's pretty much um, do today what others won't to live tomorrow as others can't. Yeah, absolutely. And so what happens is that that consumer mindset takes over, right? Mm -hmm. um, the instant gratification lifestyle it kills most people's ability to ever invest or grow or do something. And so what happens is people aren't willing to wait. They cannot wait. And so they, especially now with Instagram, everybody needs to show what they're doing. And so like, look at how nice my house is. Look yeah. at my car. Look at our $70,000 wedding. Look at all these, all these things that really none of those things are bringing you income. They're not providing you any benefit. And in fact, they're depreciating items right. for appreciating assets. And so the the shift in 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 in, in yeah. understanding that is going to come from getting the education. But pay attention, right? Because you don't want to skip over the point the, the points that don't apply to you. It's all it's all it all applies to you. Right. So you know I'm not saying don't buy real estate, just buy good real estate. Real estate that's going to pay you and then once you've once you build your life with assets that pay you income producing assets then buy all the shiny things because i'm not saying don't buy shiny things <laughs> yeah oh, yeah. Just a time, there's a time and place to buy shiny things that's yes. right that's right very much so very much so um yeah marco did you have any other questions at the moment uh i've been overwhelmed with your yeah, answers it's <laughs> been amazing you have been incredibly generous with your time alfonso and we thank you so very much i think we'd like to we'd like to leave uh, leave the viewers and the listeners off with uh well first you know a way that they can get in touch with you yeah. for any reason and on any of your your business ventures your philanthropic endeavors and one one question that we're you know, that we're going to be asking every guest is, is to recommend if you could recommend one let's say resource whether it be like a book youtube video seminar you know, within the context of real estate investing, or it could even be, you know, self-development, business, money, life. What would it be if you could only choose one? I would say start with Think and Grow Rich. 
they can grow rich. My favorite, one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and, incredible and to see how common a By the way, that if, if, if you were if you're sitting and watching this and you say to yourself, "Yeah, I, I read that book," I would suggest go back and reread it. Go back. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a book. A book should be so read at least like once a year because you yeah. don't read it and retain everything. It should, should be a constant source of information, yeah. validation, and motivation that you yeah. circle back to whenever you need. And then I'll give you a, a second one. Uh, I would say, uh, rich dad, poor dad. Robert Kiyosaki. Yep, a good place to start. Yes. I'm currently reading from Robert Kiyosaki. I'm reading his um, uh, Cash Flow Quadrant for the second time. Beautiful. Love, book. Yeah. Love yeah. that book. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so how can how can people connect with yeah. you? So, you know what? I'm very Googleable. Go on Google. <laughs> Type in uh, Alfonso Quadra. And you'll see, you know, you can you can connect and, and you can connect with me everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, uh, you can go to my website, alfonsoquadra.com, or you can go to uh, the uh, Quadra Youth, uh, quadrayouth.com, um, quadrayouthfoundation.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and just follow what we're doing. I would encourage everyone to go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, you know, the content there, I think you I think you'll be uh happy. It's free. I'm I'm providing it free. I'm not trying to sell you a course or anything. I <laughs> yeah. just you know what? I just I just go on there and just I just give content whatever it is that I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So guys, there's going to be a link below where you guys can tap in with Alfonso. Please subscribe to his channel as well. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll include the links to like, your website and everything as well to make it uh, to make it easy. Increase the Google ability. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alfonso, thank you so much once again for your time. And you know, if there's nothing else, I think we will uh, we will end this wonderful conversation and yes. let you again let you enjoy the rest of this beautiful Saturday. And thank you to everybody for tapping in and uh, reach out to us. Reach out to Alfonso many more many more episodes to come in season two and then we definitely thank you also for being our first guest ever mm -hmm. on the daily budget podcast yeah we'll have a we'll have a guys, picture we'll mount it on the wall <laughs> the first ever um so yeah that's it everybody we'll see you in the next episode bye for now